Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. As real estate investors, we have to look out on the horizon and make some guesses about what's going to happen. Today, we're going to talk about how to expect the unexpected and invest for the upside by preparing for the downside on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Memphis is famous for being the home of the king of rock and roll, but it's also the king of cash flow. If you're looking for affordable cash flow properties, it's hard to beat Memphis. Get your portfolio rocking and more cash flowing your way by calling Terry Kerr at Mid-South Home Buyers. Terry's the king of turnkey properties. Contact Terry through the resource section at realestateguysradio.com. And be sure to order Terry's tips for turnkey rental property investing report. It's free. Just send your request to turnkey at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I'm your host, Robert Helms. With me, as usual, co-host, financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. We love the upside of real estate investing. There's cash flow. There's equity growth. There's fun. There's all kinds of wonderfulness in your life when you're a real estate investor. But at the same time, things can and will happen. We've seen it in our lifetimes. Most of our listeners have seen it. And if you haven't yet, you will. That is, there's ups, there's downs. And we're going to talk about both those things today. You know, the old investing adage says, it's not important what you make. It's important what you keep. Yes. And so if you go to all the work to build a portfolio, but you don't really prepare it for an unexpected downturn, you can have what happened to me happen to you, which is you lose a majority of it when the economy turns in a way that you didn't expect. That, that lesson taught me the importance of really uh, analyzing, stress testing, if you will, your own portfolio and asking yourself, what would happen if my rents declined 10%? What would happen if interest rates went up 2 or 3 or 4%? What would happen if all lending just disappeared for a year? Right. Could I survive that? What would happen if the tax code changed? Now, you can, what happened yourself, right into paralysis and decide, you know, I'm just going to crawl under the covers and hold the sheets over my eyes and wait for the world to go away. Uh, but that's a mistake too, because you know inflation, I think, is a real threat. And if you're not investing to outpace inflation, you're going to have to work forever. So you're going to have to find a way to grow your wealth in spite of the challenges. And it's easy to plan for the expected. And of course, by definition, it's almost impossible to expect the unexpected. And so you have to spend a lot of time. And one of the things that I've observed as we've had the opportunity to hang around with more and more very, very successful high net worth people 
is that when you're young and you're first starting out and you don't have that much money, you're always chasing sunshine. You're always chasing opportunity. You're willing to take chances because you don't have that much to lose. It's all upside and very little downside. But you know, when you move along in life and you've accumulated a few million dollars or more and you've got all kinds of passive income coming in and you're really enjoying life and you're like, man, this is it. I've made it. Your focus shifts a little bit or sometimes a lot to, oh my God, I don't want to lose this. What would happen if if something went wrong? Now, there's a healthy part of that. I played a little bit of football. I'm, I'm still a big football fan. My son played football. And one of the things that I learned in football and in motocross racing, which is very dissimilar sports, but one thing that you do have in common is if you if you ride not to crash, if you play not to get hurt, you almost always will. <laughs> So you have to focus on the positive, but you always have to ride or play within your ability. Because if you go outside and you're careless, uh, not aggressive, I mean, you can be aggressive, but careless is, is when you start believing that you're invincible, when you start believing nothing could go wrong, when you start putting too many chips on one color or one number, when you bet too much on one market or one property. We talked a couple weeks ago about Houston and the idea that uh, we had a guy in our audience who put a big chunk of his net worth into properties in Houston without flood insurance. Yeah, the odds of a flood were very low, but guess what? It happened. The unexpected happened, and now a big chunk of his net worth was wiped out. That was a risk he probably couldn't afford to take. Now he's got the lesson, so going forward, he's a smarter investor, and a lot of times that's what happens. So we just want to take some time today and think a little bit about what's on the horizon, where some of the smart people we hang out with see trouble brewing, and what type of things could a prudent person do without stopping playing the game? There could be a lot more upside left, but what could we possibly be missing that could be coming, and how could we position ourselves to not only survive, but to thrive if the unexpected were to happen? Well, it's playing conservatively on some level, but also looking for the upside. And that's the nature of investment. We want to exploit opportunity in such a way that we beat the average. If you just want to be average and ordinary, you just throw a bunch of money in mutual funds and you have a lesson for mediocrity. But real estate investors have a unique opportunity because no two properties are alike, no two markets are alike. Sure, similarities, but there is no one real estate market. The question, how's the market? Well, we get that at these uh, conferences we go to that are economic conferences. Oh, it's the real estate guys. Hey, how's the real estate market? Well, that's not even a valid question. There isn't a real estate market. You can ask how the gold market is because there's basically a spot price for gold every day. It's like asking somebody, you know, let's say you're at an interplanetary conference and somebody comes, oh, you're from Earth. How's the weather? (laughs) How's How's the weather on Earth? Well, you know, it's between 20 below and 180 degrees. But the point is that in real estate, there are differences that give us opportunity. And so we're optimistic. We're opportunists. We're capitalists. We're always looking for the upside. What we've learned, I think, in our seasoned years now is that there's downside looming always, always within a market. I remember when we were in Phoenix, we were hot and heavy in Phoenix and a lot of investors in Phoenix. And all of a sudden, because of a little change locally, a big chunk of our tenant base was gone overnight. We hadn't anticipated that. We didn't even see it coming. The crash of 2008, we were not prepared. It's a big reason why we're as close as we are today to Peter Schiff, because he did see it coming. He put a book out in 2006 warning people of the exact reason it happened. Now, in hindsight, there's a lot of people who claimed they saw it coming. 
but very, very few who put it in writing two years before for exactly the reason it happened. And so if he could see it, we could see it. That was our premise. How do we get around people that can see the downside? Now, you do have to be careful because you have to manage your psychology. We just spent, you know, 10 days in April with our amazing faculty at the summit at sea and uh, our, our joke the whole time about, you know, Peter, for instance, has predicted 19 of the last two recessions. A lot of the folks who are there who are smart, smart people see the danger coming and that's because they are seasoned. It doesn't mean it's coming tomorrow. If we had a date, we'd tell you, but we don't. We could have another two years of unicorns and sunshine in real estate investing. Or it could be over right away. I think the show we did a few weeks back on Houston should have been a wake-up call to everybody that stuff can happen that nobody is expecting. It's like due diligence. The idea of due diligence is I'm going to make sure I've looked at everything I can to make the best decision about the condition of the property and do I move forward. But I can't be expected to find everything. It's just not a reasonable expectation. Same thing when it comes to market analysis, certainly when it comes to big economic events. So I think one of the things you can do as you're looking at your situation is analyze your portfolio for vulnerabilities. Yeah. For example, what I didn't recognize was that both my businesses and my most of my portfolio were all very, very dependent upon the credit markets. And I never asked myself the critical question, what would happen if the credit market seized up? And that's exactly what happened. And so I found out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have preferred to have way. anticipated that. And so, you know, when we had a chance to talk to Donald Trump before he was President Trump. We asked him, you know, what what did you learn in the downtimes? It was always have some cash. So that was something that we've learned. We always make sure we have a little cash on hand, a little dry powder, if you will. As good as things are, they could turn. And, you know, maybe as bad as things are, you still don't want to buy everything because you just never know. So it's always good just to sit on a little bit of cash. Even when we talk to our syndicators about their financial models, the idea is you don't deploy 100% of the capital you raise. You need to always have a little bit of cash on hand to handle the unexpected. Every budget I've ever seen you put together, Robert, always has a contingency fee in it. And we ask, you know, the investors, well, what's that for? We don't know. We don't know. We don't have any idea what it's for, but we're pretty sure it's going to happen. <laughs> Two line items, miscellaneous and contingency, you'll see in all my performers. And, and miscellaneous is because there's stuff that we just forgot or came up or didn't know. And contingency is that big what if. Nobody knows how long it's going to take. Right? We're in a project right now where the utilities took a year longer than promised. Now, how much control does an individual have over the utility company? That would be zero. So something out of your control like that affects your bottom line in a big way. You just have to be prepared for that. What if we had to go an entire year longer without water and sewer? What would that do to the project? So we have to look at those things. Now, here's the downside of it. If you put so much fat in your budget that you can cover any possible thing that could happen, You've just annihilated the return. There is no return and you don't do the deal. So it's prudent to check and it's prudent to think through all the possibilities that you can imagine. And then here's the big critical key. You look at the percentage of likelihood. Too many investors look at the one thing that could go completely wrong, even though it only has a one in a thousand chance of happening and say, well, I'm not going to do the deal because of that. Instead, if you say, what's the most likely scenario what could happen and what are the odds? And what's the high side scenario and what are the odds? 
Then you make your decision in context. Well, and that goes back to this notion that you can't eliminate all risk. There's no amount of due diligence or planning that you can do. The entire essence of investing is taking risk. You know, you run the risk that private property rights are abolished. You run the risk that there's a nuclear Armageddon. You run the risk that there is a famine or some pestilence that wipes out the human race or culls the herd so deeply that there's an ex- excess of properties relative to population. There's so many things that could happen that could happen. But to your point, Robert, the probability is small. And if it were to happen, it really, it's going to be the least of your problems. Right. So I think the bigger thing to think of is when you're looking at any particular deal or any particular market, you have to use the 80-20 rule. And what are the 20% of the things that make 80% of the difference? You know, when we were doing real estate development in the pre-crash, we had a dependency upon um, financing to do the construction, uh, financing to do the takeout. So when the buyers came, we were depending on them being able to take out loans to cash us out. When the credit market seized, both of those things went away and we didn't have a plan B. You know, when you're building something maybe that wouldn't cash flow, if you had to hold it for five or 10 years, you say, my plan is to flip out of this. That's great. But could you hold it? We saw a lot of flippers get caught that way. They were flipping properties that wouldn't really make decent rentals. You know, and so if you think you're getting close to a cycle where maybe the availability of financing would go away and the demand for your takeout product would go away, maybe you want to concentrate your efforts on properties that are more likely uh, or structures, and I mean financial structures, that you would be more likely to be able to hold on to for three or five years, or maybe longer if you had to until the market came back and you could exit the project or property. Well, and it's not just thinking in absolutes. It's not that that financing and demand are going to go away. It's that they might wane. They might change. People's tastes change. There's less demand for a certain product type at a certain time. You know, developers look out at the horizon and they say, oh my gosh, we need houses in this market. We need a bunch of three-bedroom, two-bathroom houses because there's demand for that. And 17 different builders see the problem and 15 of them start building houses. Within 18 months, you have way too many houses because they didn't collectively get together and figure out, hey, here's how many we need in the city. You take 20, you take 100, you take 200. Just everybody saw the problem. That is the benefit and the downfall of the imperfect market of real estate. You may be working on uh, that. We have a guy who's looking at this, doing this project. It's a brilliant idea in the marketplace. And about three months into his effort, somebody else did it. Somebody else was ahead of him, came up with the exact same idea, and he's basically going, I guess I don't do it. I got, there's not room for two. I guess I should have thought of it. Yes, exactly. But there was no way he could have known that in a boardroom across town, someone had developed the same exact idea. So you're never going to get around risk. There's always risk. I think the prudent things are what can you do about it? That's what we're going to talk about when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. This portion of the Real Estate Guys radio program is brought to you by International Coffee Farms, where you can own a parcel of land in your very own specialty coffee farm in Panama for as little as $15,000. Here's how it works. Deeded half-acre parcels entitled Specialty Coffee Farms in Boquete, Panama are turnkey managed professionally on your behalf by a team of local experts. Sustainable average income is estimated at 12% and cash flow can begin within 12 to 15 months from the date of your parcel ownership. International Coffee Farms' mission is to own and operate specialty coffee farms that are economically, environmentally, and socially sustainable. As part of this mission, 20% of the gross profits of each farm is committed to a socially sustainable fund to improve the lives of the Panamanian coffee farm workers and their families. 
International Coffee Farms currently owns and operates nine specialty coffee farms with half-acre parcels available for immediate ownership. To find out how you can become a coffee farm owner in Paquete, Panama, email coffee at realestateguysradio.com. That's coffee at realestateguysradio.com. Too many people become victims of frivolous lawsuits and scammers simply because they were unprepared. At Corporate Direct, we use the latest legal tools to help our clients of all sizes create a strategy to protect what is theirs. Asset protection is not only for the wealthy. Our strategies and tools are very affordable and practical. Give us a call at 1-800-600-1760 or go to CorporateDirect.com to see how we can help you. That's 1-800-600-1760 for CorporateDirect.com. Hi, this is Chris Martinson, author of Prosper, and you are listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. We're on the radio every week and on the podcast whenever you want to hear. That's one of the great things about the new digital technology, and it's great to have you listening however you do that. We're talking today about expecting the unexpected. As a real estate investor, we're going to weigh risk and reward every time we look at a deal, and some of the risk isn't so obvious. Who knows when the next economic crisis or the next natural disaster or the next political implosion is going to happen and how that's going to affect your real estate. And when you play this game, you have to be defense and offense at the same time. We are looking to acquire more property and getting to the right market and owning great units that can provide clean, safe, affordable housing and wonderful places for people to work and vacation and all that stuff. At the same time, we have to think about the downside. So if you're an optimist, spend a little more time on the downside. If you're a pessimist, well, spend a little more time looking at what the possibilities are. Because again, the reason that we call them opportunities is they're for optimists. Yeah, not pessatunities. Not pessatunities, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about some of the practical things that you can do. One of the things that we like is making sure that we're in touch with the demographic that can weather a storm. What we call recession-resistant investing. You can look at a marketplace, and let's say you're a single-family investor, and there's some really nice properties at the high end, and right now those properties are in demand. I live in an area like that. There's executive rentals, not a lot, but most of the houses are very nice houses where owner occupants live, but there's a market for these high rent executive homes. People who are paying seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a month for a home. And this minute, you can't get one of those homes. And there's bidding wars on renting those types of homes. The challenge if I go in and say, hey, I'm gonna buy a bunch of the houses in my neighborhood and rent them out to executives is two years ago, you couldn't give that stuff away. 10 years ago, those houses wouldn't perform as a rental in any way, shape, or form. And the only people renting houses like that were people that couldn't sell their house and had to do something. So rather than look at a market like that, I might look at a market where the average person who makes under the median income could afford to live. That's what I mean by recession resistant. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, if, you have, if you're in that middle market area, then people who are doing well in tough times can move down. And in good times, people who are living underneath you can move up. And so you kind of have that, that sweet spot. Right. And that's a critical way to think when we're talking about protecting to the downside. Well, and, and this is the idea. The thing is you say, okay, if we continue to have sunshine, what does that look like if we were to have a downturn? Now, the downturn could be interest rates going up. The downturn could be slow wage growth. The downturn could be tax increases. The downturn could be overall economic slowdown where employment slows down, demand slows down. It could be something going on geographically where there's 
going to be a departure of population for some reason. You know, we've talked about Illinois and the environment they've created has caused a lot of people to move out of the state. Uh, we Obviously, you can take a look at Michigan and what happened to Michigan from the time Detroit was the richest city in the world to where it became the largest municipal bankruptcy in the history of the world. And what happened? Well, you know, the environment changed. And so people's behavior changed in response to it. And people who hung on to the bitter end without adjusting wrote it the elevator all the way down to the basement. Well, and that kind of brings up the next point. Recession-resistant pricing is really about a demographic type. The next thing is to look at, when I look at market analysis, is how many different stories are there in a town? I like at least five stories. What do I mean by a, a story? A story is a reason that people will seek out that environment. So a story is an industry. There's a town that's associated with a particular industry, and that's great. That means there's jobs. But if it's only one industry, it's a one-trick pony. And what happens if that industry changes? A major sports team, that's a story because that brings in revenue from outside. It creates all kinds of jobs and the people that support that. But it's only one story. And do professional sports teams ever move? I think the folks in St. Louis are missing a football team right now. And I think San Diego as well. Yeah, there yeah, you go. So absolutely. And because you're more of a sports fan than I, I am, you would understand that. But that things change and they will change. And so if I'm betting on the fact that the San Diego Chargers, that's what the football team's called, right? Or was, yeah, okay. The San Diego Chargers, <laughs> that, that they're going to be there forever and I bought the place right next door because there's a great place to have a hot dog stand. Maybe not such a good place to have a hot dog stand today. Right. So the point is things are going to change. And so you have to make sure there's multiple reasons to be in a market. We like to look at the industries in a market and see how they're, how they're weighted. When we look at a market, we look at the information, which is free, by the way, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You're already paying for that information. You might as well use it. And it will show you how diverse an economy is in an MSA, a metropolitan statistical area, a large area of real estate, a metroplex, a place where you're thinking about investing. And so you can see, are the jobs all tied to one or two things? Are the jobs all entertainment oriented or are the jobs all construction oriented? There's jobs that are temporary. There's jobs that are long-term. And what you're looking for in a market is diversity. Well, and this is where you have to look at your particular situation. You mentioned that the property next to the stadium and you're going to put a hot dog stand in it. Okay, that's fine. Well, then I'm going to make sure I've got a Google alert set on that stadium or that football team. I'm going to pay attention to that. There are marketplaces that have a specific driver that is a big part of the story. Memphis, Tennessee, FedEx is a big part of that economic story. It's a yep. great story. It has got a lot of infrastructure. It would be a very difficult business to move. Nonetheless, if Tennessee were to get weird or Memphis were to get weird with FedEx, it's possible FedEx could decide to up and move. It's highly unlikely, but you would want to be paying attention to that if you're heavily invested in that marketplace. Or it may be that 10 years from now, every single thing that we order comes by a drone or a self-driving car. And maybe FedEx is no longer valid as a business. Now, it's hard to think that way. We go to Memphis, of course. Memphis, even though it is highly reliant on that infrastructure, it's not just FedEx. There's all kinds of industry around that. And so looking at how hard is the infrastructure to move is a big part of it. But if you're a one-story town you're taking on risk. Well, I think the point is, is that when you look at your own portfolio, you have to look at what are the inputs that make the numbers on your financial statements go. And if you are dependent upon things and you are, because that's the nature of the beast, interdependency, I suppose you'd call it, then you want to be closely monitoring those key inputs. And because you can't monitor everything, monitor the things that matter the most. So for example, you know, we're involved in resort property. 
And that's not for everybody. It's a little bit different. But one of the things you pay a lot of attention to is tourism trends. Oh, yeah. Right? You're going to pay attention to that. You're going to pay attention to what's going on with airlines and are airlines adding flights into the marketplace or taking them away. That that gives you an indication if the distribution channels that bring your tenants the money and your tenants into the marketplace, is it growing or is it shrinking? If there was to be a dramatic change on the airline side in the negative direction, that's a clue about where the market is headed. On the flip side, if they're adding a bunch, then that's another clue. And so, you know, either one can be unexpected, but it's less unexpected if you know what your key inputs are and you're paying attention. And that's the point. Understand your own portfolio, your own properties, what those key drivers are, and then Put your thumb on the pulse of those things through news alerts, by being active in trade associations, by being networked with people who also make their livelihood or paying very close attention to what's going on. And then when you get an indication, a little warning light going off that something is going on, don't be remiss about digging in and finding out what that is. If our ear would have been to the ground with respect to migration policy in the city of Phoenix, we would have probably had a heads up that this change in, in law enforcement was going to affect our demographic, but we weren't thinking that way. The reason we think that way today is because we went through that experience. You know, in international property, especially resort property, airlift is critical. It's everything. And we were courted about a dozen years ago by a developer in a beautiful part of the world that was building this magnificent development, all kinds of beautiful homes and a golf course and right on the water. But the closest airport was four and a half hours away. And they kept talking about this nearby airport, 40 minutes away, and how they're working on flights and how commercial airlines are talking about coming in. But when we did the research and we talked to the airlines and we talked to the local authorities, it was a long time from happening. It still hasn't happened. And that market has languished because people can't get there easily. On the other hand, we're in a market where flights have been added every single year, more than 10 years in a row, and are continuing to be added. Today, we sit in the boardroom of airlines to talk about the picture because we are very serious about the market. If I was just buying a single unit, I'm not getting into the boardroom at an airline. But as soon as I'm developing and as soon as I'm moving the needle, it's critical to understand that. So sometimes people have a casual approach because I'm, I'm just a house investor. Don't be casual. Treat everything as, as, as though it was important as when you have your entire portfolio built. That's how you built a great portfolio. And the thing about it is the information is often very easy to find. No one's going to knock on your door and bring it to you. So you do have to go and search, right? But the information is available. You can find out all kinds of things about marketplaces if you only look. One of our favorite sources is the local Chamber of Commerce. Now think about the Chamber of Commerce in your area. They don't have anything to do with real estate, but what a Chamber of Commerce does is they court businesses and opportunities to come in to their environment. And they are at the cutting edge of who might be looking at the area, coming in, industry, company, and so forth. They won't always tell you unless it's a done deal, but if you can stay close to your Chamber of Commerce, you will learn about things 
ages before your competition. Yeah, and that's really the key. You want to be ahead of the curve either way. I mean, if the everybody's going to be heading to the exit, you want to be early. If everybody is going to be coming into the market, you want to be early. Better to be early than late. One of the things you talked about, Robert, is that the access to the information. We, we live in the information age. There's so much information. It's just ridiculous. In fact, it can be overwhelming. And so you have to marry that to a little bit of wisdom. And wisdom comes from perspective, from experience. You know, listen to shows like this. We've been through a lot. We've been around a long time. We hang around a lot of smart people. Hopefully you're listening to other shows and other people, right? There's, I mean, we spend a lot of time going to other people's conferences. We don't just promote our own. We go outside of our industry. In fact, we probably spend more time outside of the real estate industry than we do inside the real estate industry because we want to have a broader perspective. We think that's really, really important. So part of preparing for the unexpected is not just monitoring the news feeds and information and understanding what your sensitive areas are so that you're monitoring those key inputs that you depend on for the financial results you're after, but also tying into people who are experts and listening to what they have to say, even when you disagree with them. That's the hardest part. Especially when you disagree with them. Yeah, it's really, really hard. You know, we we suffered from that. I'll tell you, we had a guy, a longtime friend of yours, Robert, you're probably one of your very first real estate mentors, came and really warned us because we were really aggressive. We were highly leveraged. We were in speculative markets. We were doing great. Everything we touched turned to gold, but we were riding the momentum of the upward trend. He goes, guys, it's a part. I get it, but it doesn't last forever. And so he would teach us some defensive strategies. But you know what? We didn't agree with him. I'm going to speak for myself. I didn't agree with him because I didn't agree with him. I I couldn't hear what he said. And rather than force myself, as Robert Kiyosaki has taught us, to listen to what the author is saying, listen to what the other guy is saying, and really try to understand where he's coming from before you interject your own opinion over it, you know, we didn't do that. And because we didn't do that, we didn't heed the warning. We didn't hear the warning. And surely enough, what happened is the market turned just as he said it would. And when it did, we were not expecting the unexpected. It caught us flat-footed and it cost us a ton of money. So today, we're much more diligent about paying attention to things, understanding what our vulnerability is, and then listening to people, especially people who we disagree with, trying to understand why they think the way they think and what we can pull out of it. He gave us very specific advice. Would you like to hear it? I'll tell you when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Up next, it's Real Estate Trivia. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. Stop for a moment. Why are you listening to this show? Are you dreaming of a bigger, brighter financial future? More personal freedom to live life on your own terms? What if there was just one skill that could make it happen? There is. Sales. Robert Kiyosaki says every entrepreneur must be good at sales. It's true for investors too. Sales is how you attract money, people, and opportunities. Sales is the skill used to negotiate deals and lead your team. Sales skills are essential to success. The good news is it's a learnable skill. The great news is we've created a two-day interactive workshop to teach those skills to you. Make plans today to attend How to Win Funds and Influence People, Mastering the Art of Financial Selling, For dates and details, send an email to sales at realestateguysradio.com or visit realestateguysradio.com and look under events. Gain the skills you need to succeed. Email sales at realestateguysradio.com or look under the events tab at realestateguysradio.com. 
for investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Qualified, accredited investors should email timber at realestateguysradio.com for more information. Consider visiting our forest plantations to see for yourself. Email timber at realestateguysradio.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. For more information, email timber at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Anthony Mercury from Hotel Impossible, and you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for listening. Tell a friend about The Real Estate Guys, because we need more listeners. And the show's a ton of fun. Great guests coming up in the next few weeks, too. So uh, lots to look forward to. We're talking today about how can you prepare for the thing that's hard to prepare for? How can you expect the unexpected? What do you need to do to be investing to the upside, but also protecting your downside? Before we get back to that discussion, it's time to play Real Estate Trivia. In just a minute, we'll give you a trivia question that has something to do with real estate and an odd way our topic today and uh, when you hear the question think you know the answer what you do is get to your email and send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com trivia at realestateguysradio.com we need three things we need your name we need your mailing address and we need the answer to the question because the first person who gets it right is going to win a copy of appropriately second chance by robert kiyosaki so maybe you've done something wrong in the past when it's come to this kind of stuff we're talking about but there's always a second chance great book by mr kiyosaki that can be yours if you know today's real estate trivia question last week on the real estate guys we had an amazing real estate guy with us, Kenny McElroy, the Rich Dad advisor to real estate. And we asked this, in the television series Friends, who was the landlord? Well, the landlord in Friends was Mr. Heckles. Yeah, Mr. Heckles. You ever know he's kind of a weird guy, and I didn't watch much TV at all. I, I've never seen an episode of Friends. Well, then you've probably never seen Mr. Heckles. <laughs> Socially illiterate. He died. He Mr. died Roper. during the series. I remember Mr. Roper. Another famous a- landlord, yes. Most of our listeners have no idea who Mr. Roper is, that's though. That's because so I'm old. That's that's probably why. Uh, anyway, that's uh, that's it. Uh, Mr. In fact, he died during the series, and uh, the folks at Friends like inherited all his stuff. And Anyway, weird landlord stuff. Anyway, here's our real estate trivia question for this week. Uh, we're talking about sunshine, right? When the sun is shining, it's great, and and you got to prepare because, as John F. Kennedy said, the best time to repair the roof is when the sun is shining. Here's my trivia question for today: Where is the sunniest place on Earth? Where's the sunniest place on Earth? Now, here's a hint: Phoenix, Arizona is number two. Okay. All right. So, where's the sunniest place on Earth? That's what we want to know. If you want to take a guess, or maybe you live there, send us your best guess to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your mailing address because if you're the winner. We're going to send you a copy of Robert Kiyosaki's great book, Second Chance. That's today's real estate trivia question. How do you prepare for the unexpected? How do you find an opportunity to look for upside and play for downside? Well, my mentor all those years ago had a great little plan. He said, Robert, I know you guys are big fans of leverage. You're teaching leverage and leverage is great. It magnifies return. But here's my advice to you. Always own a property or two for cash. Always have one where there's no loan. And yeah, the return from an ROI and IRR perspective is not going to be as high. But you know what? You can sleep at night. And when things go bad, as someday they will, that house is going to be protected. And oh my gosh, 
that was great advice. So if we're talking about preparing to the downside, yeah, use leverage when you can. I mean, our philosophy is either get as levered as you can or have no leverage at all. Yeah, so the idea is that there are what I call rings of risk. And at the center ring, it is your livelihood. It's your it's your stability. It's your primary source of income. It's where you're going to live. It's food on the table. It's clothing. It's all your essential needs. You may never need to live in that house. You may never need to draw upon those resources but you want to make sure that you have a section of your portfolio isolated from all of the other risks you may be taken so that if you end up having a catastrophic event, you don't lose everything or that base from which you can rebuild. So that's number one. I think the other part of it is, is making sure that in anything that you have, when you go in to do a short-term play, that you have a plan B that could take you through the long term. Because sometimes the things you're depending on to do a short-term play don't play out the way you plan. The market changes in the middle of the play and you have to be able to hold on for the long term. And so that's where your financing structures, uh, picking a property that could cash flow if it needed to, even though that's not plan A, could be really important. You know, when we were doing this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, Interest rates had been trending down for quite some time and had room to go down further. I was a big fan of adjustable rate loans at the time. I did seminars teaching people about why it made more financial sense. And at that time, it did. And then people who had adjustable loans, when they reset, not the teaser rate loans like the 228s that went from, an, you know, like a 2% up to 8%, but the ones that, you know, people locked in a 3 or 4 or 5%, maybe 5 or 6% rate for five years back then, when the five years were up and it reset, it reset down because the interest rates had trended down. But, you know, recently we hit the bottom. We, we were bouncing off the zero bound in, you know, the Fed, federal funds rate for quite some time and mortgage rates have been record lows for quite, quite some time. And so as a result of that, I've been much more an advocate of using long-term financing. Even though you pay a little bit more, you don't pay that much more. And the probability of a rising interest rate environment versus a continuing falling interest rate, in my estimation, it's just my estimation, so you can make up your own decision, uh, is that is probably higher. And so I want to put a little bit more stability into the portfolio, especially the core part of the portfolio. You Maybe the second ring of risk are those bread and butter cash flowing properties that just produce income for you. They got a little bit of leverage, but not tons. And you're going to get long-term equity growth just from modest appreciation. You don't have to get, you know, wild appreciation, amortization, and you're going to get good solid cash flows. Then later on, you can go out to an outer ring where you do a little bit more uh, speculative type things. You're going to do flipping of houses. You're going to go in and you're going to do development projects. You're going to be counting on financing or a robust economy to take you out on the back end. If it doesn't happen, okay, maybe you lose on that deal, but you don't lose the inner rings. You know, you've got that stable. So those are some things you can do. And the other thing I think that's really important, if you are fortunate enough right now in today's market, as we're broadcasting this episode, to have equity in properties, I don't know that it's a bad idea at today's interest rates to go harvest that equity. You don't have to redeploy it or spread it out in a thin layer across a lot more leverage to control a lot more top line real estate. But if you're in a market that's gone up, you could move some of that equity into a less speculative market, an emerging market, a market where there isn't already a lot of leverage involved. And then you could probably protect that equity. You know, you may end up, you run the risk of being upside down in the property you took it out of. But if the cash flows work, you don't care if you're in it for the long haul. All right, so no investor left behind. There were an awful lot of big words there. 
<laughs> an <Sorry>. awful <laughs> lot of financial <laughs> jargon. And and many of our listeners are truly sophisticated and understood that. But the, the bottom line is this. Today, there's the opportunity if you've made, if you're house rich and cash poor, you have property that you bought a few years ago and it's doing well. It might be worth considering talking to someone that understands finance of real estate. So you could look at refinancing, pulling some cash out, maybe selling a property and buying a different property, getting some cash on your balance sheet. Because not if, but when the next economic downturn happens, I don't know about you, I want to be in a position to snap up a bunch of real estate. Exactly. It always happens that way. Now, we don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know how, but we know that it will happen. It's just like insurance, actuarial, it's risk. We know you're going to die. No one gets out of this life alive. We just don't know when. And if it happens at a really inopportune time, we want to make sure your family's taken care of. So you pay a premium to make sure you have that peace of mind. It's just like that with real estate. And while we're talking about financing, especially having those first few properties financed to a place where you don't have the risk, maybe not as much upside, but you don't have as much risk is very prudent. As you get to those outer rings, you can think differently. One of the downsides of commercial property, think 200 unit apartment buildings, is the loans that are available are generally for a very fixed term. It's a 10 year loan and there is no extension. If you can't come up with the money at 10 years because the interest rate environment and the loan environment just isn't there, sorry. And the other side of that is the defeasance, the fact that you can't buy out those loans early. They have to go the full 10 years. Really hard for most people to have a crystal ball clear enough to know exactly what the refinance market is going to look like 10 years from now. So that is a big boy and girl game. And you just have to be aware of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's where it, you know, it makes sense to have some cash on the balance sheet. You, know, you might have a loan on a property because it makes sense, but you may have some liquid assets on your balance sheet where you could make that loan go away right away if you wanted to. And maybe you say, well, yeah, but what if the dollar goes down? Again, I'm, I'm a big fan of diversifying your liquidity. I mean, I think precious metals has a role. We talk about that quite a bit on the show because if the dollar were to fall, gold is going to help you. You could diversify among currencies. You don't have to only be in the dollar. So that's more sophisticated stuff, the kind of thing we talk about on the summit. But when you're managing, as you get more and more wealth and you're managing more and more wealth, it's important that you begin to think about some of these hedging strategies because you are exposed and you just need to understand what those exposures are if there is a storm coming are you prepared that's what we're talking about today you're tuned to the real estate guys radio program i'm your host robert helms real estate investment advice right in your mailbox sign up for the free real estate guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise and many experts think the best is yet to come but don't just take my word for it come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip when you join us you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize like tremendously undervalued beachfront land super low taxes ease of doing business and so much more get the details at realestateguysradio.com just click on events see paradise for yourself click events at realestateguysradio.com and I'll see you in beautiful Belize the Real Estate Guys are throwing a party and you're invited. Join Russ and I at the New Orleans Investment Conference, October 25th through 28th. 
Now in its 43rd year, it's the nation's longest-running investment conference and features some of the biggest names in economics and investing, including Robert Kiyosaki, Chris Martinson, Peter Schiff, and many, many more. The Real Estate Guys are speaking in three different sessions and attending lots of others, and we're hosting a hospitality suite one of the evenings for our friends and listeners, including some VIPs for you to mingle with. So make plans today to join the Real Estate Guys at the New Orleans Investment Conference. With everything going on in the world, no serious investor can afford to miss it. Send an email to New Orleans Party at realestateguysradio.com and we'll get you all the details. That's New Orleans Party at realestateguysradio.com and we'll see you in New Orleans. Hey, this is Peter Schiff, and when you're not listening to me at SchiffRadio.com, make sure and listen to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. Thanks for tuning in to this show. Hey, if you ever wanted to get better at sales and the skills of influence, it is time to make your reservation for How to Win Funds and Influence People, the two-day training that we do on sales. And when I say we, I mean Russell Gray. He's a master at this. We only do this class once a year, and it is very hands-on, a lot of role play involved, but it's especially especially is designed for folks who are going to sit across the table from someone and help them figure out how to place their investment dollars. So if you're into syndication or you are in a sales role of any kind, come out to the event. It's extraordinary. Well, you know, you hear all the time the idea of making win-win deals, you know, let's do a win-win deal. I love win-win deals and it feels good. But the key is, how do you do a win-win deal? There's a negotiation strategy. There's a way you enter into a conversation with the person sitting on the other side of the table and move it from being adversarial to getting it to be win-win. And that's really what this is all about, especially financial sales, because you're talking about an intangible. It's one thing to be able to put somebody in a car or walk them through a property and they can see and feel and smell how wonderful it is and imagine themselves in it. But when you're talking about a financial outcome, there is nothing to show them maybe charts and graphs, which are kind of boring, but the numbers have to speak to them. And so when you're doing a financial selling environment, where you whether you're negotiating a deal or putting together some type of an alliance or recruiting money into your deal as a syndicator, it's really important to understand how to negotiate win-win and get into the other person's heart and mind and their imagination and show them how what you're offering, the deal structure you want to use, gives them what they really want out of life, where they have emotional energy behind making the decision. We've been doing this event for the last couple of years. It's been amazing to see the people come and learn these ideas and apply them and raise not just a little money, but tens of millions of dollars. Not that I'm trying to influence you to come to the event, but this is not my event. I'm there for sure because I dig it. But Russ carries the weight of this whole thing, and it's very interactive. It's an awesome, awesome event. How to win funds and influence people. Sales strategies that you can use immediately. You get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. And and really, you know what, Robert? That's not a shameless promotion. It kind of is. But the thing is, if you're talking about preparing for the unexpected, if you really want to have a skill that can get you out of almost any jam, It's knowing how to sell. It's knowing how to make a deal. It's knowing how to negotiate uh, out of a bad loan. It's knowing how to negotiate with a tenant, property manager, vendor. I mean, it's it's a core, I call it an essential survival skill. So that's why we added it to our curriculum. People would ask me all the time, where can I go to get this training? And, you know, we talked to Tom Hopkins and love Tom Hopkins, and he does a fabulous job. He's a big part of the training I got. But I got a mixture of other training from other sources and business and from IBM and from Xerox, and then just years and years and 
years of being in financial sales from the mortgage industry, the insurance industry, and the syndication business, just learning how to do it. So it is a great skill. And it brings up really another topic, which is the idea of going to events in general. We talked earlier about how your network is so important. Well, and I don't think, I think it's a bigger picture than events. I think how you prepare is you get around smart people. Exactly. It's the, it's exactly what we've done. We are so much better prepared now than we were when we were young and wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. And I still feel pretty bushy-tailed. But the, the point is there's so many great sources of information if you're paying attention. And you got to pay attention. When things are going great, it's easy to say, hey, I'm going to tune everything out because I'm just focusing on the main thing. One of the things that we wanted to bring up today is, and you touched on a little bit, is the idea of you never go into any deal without multiple exit strategies right. because that's one of the ways that we prepare for the unexpected. We have multiple exit strategies. If you're doing a real estate deal of any kind and you have one exit strategy, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, I think one exit strategy is not exiting. I mean, because you may not be able to get out. And so you have to be comfortable staying in longer than you expect and have a plan to do that. So it's not technically, it's not an exit strategy, but it's definitely, I think, should be part of every deal is what happens if I can't get out? Can I hold on until a door, a window of opportunity to get out shows up? You know, we went to an event that was all about the single family home market a while back, and we're going to go to that event again. And the questions there are so different than when you go to the multifamily expos or you go to the agri cultural show, but it's the same idea. Getting around people that have been where you've been, getting around people that have portfolios and asking them those kind of questions. Most successful real estate investors totally dig talking to new investors. And when you're seeking out wisdom to be able to ask someone who's done that, hey, what, what happened at when well, you, you've done that, right? We're getting close to Halloween Horror Stories. In October, we're going to do our annual Halloween Horror Story show, which is all kinds of terrible, awful things that happened in real estate, but much more important, the lessons learned. And a lot of those lessons teach us things that lead to prevention. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at, look at Kenny McElroy. We just did an interview with him. He's never turned down a re interview request. Oh, he loves to share. He loves to share. His and schedule's insane, but we were <laughs> we worked it out. We reached out to Kenny. We were in his town like, hey, you in town? Yeah, you we know. stalk him. So that's part of it. But Well, no, he normally would take weeks to, to plan it. And it, it took us like 15 minutes. He's like, sure, come on over. Perfect. Right? He, he loves to share information. He loves to give. And successful people are like that. But here's the challenge. You got to find them. You right. got to go to where they are. So where do successful people congregate and how can you get around those folks? Oh, they congregate around other successful people, around other thought leaders, because successful people are always looking for new insights, new perspectives, and they're always networking. So one of the things that we did uh, is we created environments that would attract those kind of people. So not only do we go to environments where other people create an environment, like we're going to the New Orleans Investment Conference coming up here October 25th. And we're excited. We're going to get a chance to do three presentations, which is exciting. This is, I think, our fifth or sixth year going. Each year, we get a little bit higher profile, a little bit more exposure. We've presented there before, and it's been great. It's always a challenge because we're not talking to real estate investors. We're explaining real estate to non-real estate investors. And, you know, it's funny, though. We find out a a lot of people are kind of by default real estate investors yep. because their common sense says it's a great um, asset to invest in. But we go there and we talk to them about strategic real estate investing and how it kind of fits into what they're already doing and the things they do understand and how to take it to another level. So that's a ton of fun. But we also listen to people who are talking about agriculture and energy and commodities and currency and macroeconomics. And we've met some amazing, amazing people there. And in fact, this year they They've got Robert Kiyosaki coming. They've got 
Chris Martinson and Adam Taggart coming from Peak Prosperity. They've got Peter Schiff, who's been there since, you know, before we've been coming there. Brian Lund, who puts a conference on, uh, who came on our last summit at sea. And just a whole bunch of other people that are just brilliant people. We get a lot of great interviews when we're there, part of the reason we go there. Uh, And so you want to look for these opportunities. Of course, a lot of those names might sound familiar to you because they were also on our Investor Summit at Sea this year, and many of them are coming back next year. And that's exciting too. So we create these environments for you and for ourselves to have an opportunity to get around these people. But you know what? You have to take advantage of them. We do. And we spend a lot of money. People say, well, you know, guys, how come you travel all the time? It's because, you know, there's something about getting face to face. When we sit down to do an interview, we break out our mobile mics in a conference room like we did with Kenny a few weeks ago in his office and we record the interview. That's different than just picking up the phone and having a conversation over the telephone. Telephone interviews are great. and We do them occasionally, but Every opportunity we have to get face-to-face with people and build those personal relationships, build those friendships, we go for that. It costs us a lot of money, but it's a better quality interview. It's a better quality relationship. And people look ask us all the time, how do you guys get to be so connected? We're telling you how we do it. Yeah. And you can do it too. And you it's show a, up. And it's a big part of preparing for the unexpected. And that's really the, the point of the message. It's not just trying to pitch you on coming to these events, although we think you should. We're saying it's a big part of our personal preparation for preparing for the unexpected. And we think it should probably be a big part of yours as well. Your net worth is determined by your network. And the more people you know who know you in the proper light, the better you will be prepared. Watching the communities that rally when there's a challenge like we talked about a few weeks back in Houston, watching the way that friends come together and share opportunity, get in those circles, get around those people. For whatever reason, real estate attracts the maverick, the lone wolf, the the eagle flying by themselves. And there's a degree of that that I totally get and totally dig. At the same time, you're only as good as your team, as the people you hang out with, as the other brains you get around. None of us knows at all. You got to get around folks that are doing the thing. And hopefully today we've inspired you to be prepared and to look forward, but not so much that you're just, you have both your hands over your butt. You've got to go out and make deals. You got to do things. You only add to your portfolio when it makes sense. Well, I mean, and that's the thing that's exciting because, you know, you go talk to somebody who says, well, I'm not buying anything in this market. Okay. And then you go talk to somebody else. I'm crushing it in this market. Really? Well, how is that? Well, they're approaching it maybe a little bit differently. I want those insights. You know? Have that conversation. Exactly my point. Exactly now, my last my thing point. today, if you are thinking about coming to the New Orleans Investment Conference, go to our website at realestateguysradio.com. You can find a link, learn all about it. If you register for the event, send us an email because we're doing a party Friday night. We are. If you send an email to Party at realestateguysradio.com, we will get you all the details. We're not sure we can fit everybody into the suite. So, you know, register early and let us know and we'll save you a spot. You got RSVP, but uh, but we're going to have a great time. We're going to invite some of our VIP guests. We can't promise you they're going to show up, but pretty much every time we've ever thrown a party and we invite our VIP friends, at least a couple of them show up. So, you bet they do. Uh, there's a bunch of them going to be at the New Orleans Investment Conference. And so we're going to we're gonna host a hospitality suite. We'd love to get to know you. Come on out and visit with us. Just go to realestateguysradio.com, look under events, find the New Orleans Investment conference register then send your email to new orleans party at realestateguysradio.com and we look forward to talking with you over a tasty beer <laughs> the boy scouts say be prepared this show has been about preparing for the downside why you also take advantage of the upside real estate can do both of those things here's to your success and continued success in real estate investing until next week go out and make some equity happen this episode of the real estate guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. 
powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at BeYourBank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.